Welcome to Storycom Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 156. I'm your host, Barney Smith of Storycomic.com, and we're excited to have with us the notable and talented comic creator, Lori Calcaterra. Lori. Hooray! That was a great Hooray. intro. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome. Yeah. All right, and, and you know this is this is exciting because you, I mean, you're here to talk about your your much anticipated Kickstarter, Path of the Pale Rider, yeah. which is coming out as we are recording live is coming out this Friday, April fifteenth. Yeah. So I'm actually going to do a. A Facebook live video. I'm starting at 6:30, and I'm going to push the button at seven o'clock Central Time, so it'll go live Friday evening. Um, so hopefully, people are listening and can participate and jump on there right at seven o'clock and eat up all those early bird specials because I have things that are collectible that's only going to be in this car uh, Kickstarter campaign. Like it won't be in any of the other episodes, and I only have a few each. So jump in there and get them. Right? That's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you had, uh, and so you, you've been working on this title for uh, a couple of years right now, huh? Yeah, I actually started writing this project back in 2018. Um, I worked on it for about a year, um, wrote it as a full length movie and didn't know what to do from there. So just got stuck. <laughs> um, let a few people read it. And what's interesting to me about this story is that people see it in the medium that they want to. So like, I like, I come from production, so I think of it as a movie. Um, my husband and I both read comic books, but he's more into comic books than I do. So he sees it as a comic book. I have mm. friends that are gamers, they see it as a video game. Oh. So it was really my husband, after he read the script, he was like, let's make this into a comic book. And I was like, you are absolutely right, sir. So that that's the route that we went. So we actually started looking for an illustrator in 2020. And that's when you and I got in contact is back then. Right. So yeah, you were one of the, are. yeah, back in, back that's going to be the live days. Kickstarter. And yeah. So back, back in, back in the early days, back in 2020, late 2020, I was reaching out to you and you said, not yet, not yet. It's coming. It's coming. Not yet. And then <laughs> Lo and behold, back in March, you sent me a message saying, I think I'm ready. I'm, we're going yeah. to go live. So that was exciting. Yeah. And so for those points, so I got to say, it's been so exciting watching your interviews. And as you're watching your interviews of, of talking about talking about Path of the Pale Rider, the more I loved watching people kind of jump into the, the, the symbolism and the allegories of the world you created. And I love your reaction is, Hey, that's what you think. That's great. You know, like so you 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 leave interpretation up for people very much mm -hmm. like a David Lynchian way of yes. talking to people is like this is your interpretation of it, that's your interpretation of it. So before we jump in and talk about the tier levels you. and your in the and and the in the actual world, the the actual Kickstarter itself, do you want to give people a little bit of background of the, the setting of of the comic and a bit of that big back a bit of the backstory of the world building aspects of it as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So when I first started writing, I had this crazy idea. What would happen if things could um, no longer die? So in this world I've created, it's like your body dies, but your soul doesn't leave your body. So it's trapped inside of your decaying flesh. Um, so people, as they decay, their brain decays, they start going through basically the steps of like either um, a disease or a brain injury. So they start getting forgetful or like unpredictable or violent. And it kind of hits everybody a little differently. Um, just like if you had something with your brain, it could be different than between you and I, you know what I mean? If we both had the same disease, we might react to it differently. Mm. So that's how this population is. So like in the beginning, when people start to their bodies die and their soul is there, it's like nobody knows really what to do. Um, so they just kind of send them home. And then it's like as it progresses and more and more people are ending up this way and then they, they start to decline, um, you start to have issues. And it's like not only is it people, if you look at that page, we have animals that this happens to, insects, fish. I mean, everything, the death process itself has been broken. Mm. So now you have like famine because we have supply chain issues. And remember, I wrote this in 2018. Okay. Right. So it freaks me out when stuff happens where we're having like supply chain issues, but it's like, I didn't do that. It's completely different. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so it's like, we can no longer have meat um, because the animals are still animated. Um, we're having trouble with crops because insects are still animated. Pesticides don't work. Um, so wow. it just creates like this big um, powder keg that's ready to explode because you have people, you have undead people, you have violence, you have riots, you have the government coming in, um, stripping away rights. Because if you think about it, like where we live, if you die, obviously you don't retain the right to your property. You don't, you know, you can't vote, you can't drive a vehicle, you can't carry a firearm. There's, you know, and it's just natural because you're in the ground. But in this world, this person is still around and is still themselves for the most part for an, um, unknown amount of time. So it's like, do they retain those rights? I don't know. So it's like the government starts stepping in and, and making decisions for people, which of course people don't mm. like. So. So, and do you, do you get into this? We get to see the fall. Right. Mm. Do you, do you get into discuss as well? It's like, yeah. what, how long is this? Is this a limited series? Like, do you have a night, you have a, uh, you're planning on this story, the entire arc itself is four, six, or how many, is there a, a set amount of issues that this story is going to go? Yeah. So, um, the first arc is finished and it's 13 issues or episodes, it's 13 episodes. Wow. Um, I'm into the second arc. I'm, I was just typing up episode number five right before we came on tonight. And then, um, so that'll probably be about 12 to 13 episodes. Um, it, it will have a third arc for sure. I'm not sure if I can resolve, like I have an ending in mind um, for the whole thing, but I don't know if uh, season three will get us there or not. So season three for sure, season four maybe, um, just depending on how the story develops. But I mean, you'll see what I mean when you get to the end of the first arc, because like Jude is 10 years into the apocalypse. He's searching for the answer 
of what caused this death process to break. Um, you know, most people have moved on by then or are just trying to scrape by, but he's still looking for the answer. And I mean, in this world, it could really be anything. It's like, could it be chemical? Could it be the rapture? Could it be aliens? Sentient yogurt? We don't know. It could be anything. Um, so he has this journal where he's been tracking like different conspiracy theories um, and he's tracking something or someone down in episode one, which you'll read more about um, in the, the pages that come before the Kickstarter preview. He'll tell you what he's looking for. And then so that's what he's doing is he's on this path looking for this someone for something. And then after he wakes up the bear, I think we have another eight pages where it resolves um, that situation. Mm. So all in all, it's 24 pages for episode one, um, 13 episodes in the arc, and then at least three arcs. That's how wow. big it is. Big. And, and, and so where, where is, where is Marco at with, uh, uh, with, the with the art for episode two? We haven't started because I have to pay. Ah, him. okay, that's right. All right, yeah. He he works for money like most artists. <laughs> <laughs> so he's eight. He has eight pages done. We have mapped out the entire um, episode one. Okay. So he has however many pages left minus the eight to complete. But I mean, we have an idea of how it's going to look. Um, but he's very quick. So you know, maybe like, what did I say? August 2022 we'll have it to people physical copy. Um, of course, as long as there's nothing like printing issues and paper shortages and crap that's going on. But right. uh, between Marco and I, you know, we can get it done by August 2022 is my prediction. And okay. then if we get the stretch goal for color, we'll have to add some time to that. Obviously, it's going to take him more time to get the work done. Uh, right. But if it's in black and white, that's that's a pretty good approximation of when we can get it to you. So but okay. as soon as we finish episode one, um, he starts working on episode two, right? Because that's how I plan the kickstarters. So are you? So my question for you too is like I'm wondering what as I'm I'm envisioning when you kind of came up with the idea for this about how you know that the cycle of death is broken and was it kind of like one of those late night conversations and all of a sudden he's like yeah but what about then you can't eat meat then right or is it forever right. was there more of like spiraling down rabbit holes of what this this basically this small con that that's very in i want to say innocent concept but this very specific concept kind of expanded out to so many different possibilities yeah. and uh and and things so how did that how did that conversations go that you were kind of caught by surprise by saying i never thought about that as you brought up like the insects don't die that means insects are still things so how did that work Right. Eating. But, you know, and then it was the question, like, sh are they still eating or are they not eating? But it's like when I think about the intelligence level of animals versus people versus insects, insects are dumb, right? They only do a few things and some of them don't even do very well. But one of things, one of the things they do is eat. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't realize that they're undead, would they stop eating? So that's kind of like some of the things I had to think about. But yeah, it was like, um, I just had like a box of three by five cards and I was like, okay, let's think about this and then let's think about this. And then, um, so I did a lot of the world building first and mm -hmm. then I kind of, I came up, you know, I had the solution of why it happened. I had to explore that in detail. 
And then like I created my hero. We I wrote the script with him called Hero for <laughs> I think the first six or seven months because I didn't have a name for him. Um, so like as he had as he approached new challenges and I kind of had new things for him to discover. It's like the world even got bigger where it's like, okay, now he's here. What's the rules for this? Let's establish that before we go any further. You know what I mean? So it was just constantly growing, constantly uh, building upon itself. And then like, um, you know, finally he had a name, Jude St. Clair. Um, he kind of took on a life of his own, um, you know, got fleshed out really. It's like, now he has mannerisms. Now he has a backstory. Um, so at this point when I'm writing Jude, I don't have to think about what would Jude do? Jude just does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, he's in this situation. This is what Jude would do because this is what his hangups are. This is what, you know, his moral background is. We've already established that. So he's an interesting dude. Um, he has a lot of kick the dog moments where he gets himself into things he doesn't know how to get himself out of. And yeah. <laughs> so how did that, cause you. You do. You've been doing martial arts for twenty five years. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm kind of regaling it's how well I did my research here. So you did your, you did your, you did, you, you did martial arts for twenty five years. Then you kind of went into doing some choreography for film, for some, from for some film, and then from there you yeah. were asked to help do some script writing from mm -hmm. that. Correct, and that is what now launched you yeah. into writing this script. So where did you what did your creativity yeah, do it. from what did your creativity bring to you from your your background on doing physical creativity meaning martial arts and choreography how much of that physicality of creativity helped influence you on the imagination aspects of writing Um, well, I'll tell you what, I, I write some real kick-ass fights. <laughs> um, there's, we got, we, I mean, like, it's not a Western unless you have a, a bar, you know, saloon fights. We got one of those. But, like, um, thinking about the action, it's like how many, I've seen so many action movies and been a part of um, action itself where it's like, um, I really wanted to write technical fights. So um, when, when Marco reads my, my script, he'll know exactly what's going on and be able to to do that but it's like um coming from production i i'm very descriptive because that's how how screenwriting scripts are as well mm. um so that kind of went really well to the comic book writing process because it's like I, I put all the things down that marco needs to see in words so then he can then translate it into you know a 2d image so the reader can understand what i'm trying to communicate so it's a really good team where he's able to see what's in my head, you know, by me being descriptive. And you've seen the pages. I mean, like, it's amazing right. what he's able to turn out. Right. So awesome. Oh. So did that answer the question? Or oh, did no, I no. You know, this, you have, both are good <laughs> answers. So yeah, just like, so let me, so let me ask you this then is with that creativity piece, what is it about, because you said in a previous interview, you've always kind of like, you know, the Western and and, and and then adding it mostly to like the post-apocalyptic scene. Yeah. What is what is it about the post-apocalyptic genre that you find that kind of sparks your uh, sparks your creativity? Mm. Good question. No one's asked me that yet. Um, I really enjoy hmm, things where people are pushed to their limit. 
-hmm. It's either they're in an extraordinary circumstance. Um, you know, it's not normal living. You have to think on your toes. Um, you have to be able to be fluid. You have to be able to adjust to your situation. Um, and it's interesting to me to see how people have adapted and like in my story specifically, how we're able to skirt the system. You know what I mean? Like how people normally would. Right. So if there's rules in place, how do we right. break them? You know, stuff like that. Um, so like the Mad Maxes, I am legend. It's like the, the usually they set up the world and you say, these are the rules of the world. And then your main character somehow has to break those rules in order to accomplish their goal, which is pretty cool in my opinion. But it's like, I just love how apocalypse stories can be so different mm -hmm. too. It's like, you can have zombies, you can have a virus, you can have an impending catastrophic disaster, you know, environmental you can have aliens, you can have, I mean, like, and that's kind of like all the conspiracy theories that I built into my world too. It's like, what right. is it that's causing this? But it's like, it could be anything. And that's kind of what I enjoy is like all these different things that can happen to make people have to live off the grid or adapt or customize weapons or something in order to survive. I think right. that's really neat to explore what people are able to do in order to survive. Yeah. And it's almost like, as you're, as you're saying it, it's almost as if, if you think about the, the settings of like fantasy or sci-fi, it's, it's built within a rules based. And then how do you create adventure in that where yeah. in a post-apocalyptic world, it's all, everything's broken. And, and like your heroes are, your heroes searching for the mundane. Like I want yeah. things to be nor like almost I'm finding normality because it's, it's almost like the opposite. Yes. Journey. Put it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put things back to the way they were so we don't have to go through this anymore. Um, that's, I mean, like, that's why I'm like, this is part, I am legend. It's you know, like um, Dr. Neville was the last guy in New York trying to put it back, you know, trying to find a cure to this virus and put things back to the way they were. And it's like, it's a bit Mad Max where it's like Western and, you know, it has like steampunk technology, like the discs and modified weapons that people use on each other because death doesn't work anymore. It's like, so we have we have all sorts of fantastic things that happen um like mad max and it's like i got tarantino references i got i mean i i reference all sorts of dc and marvel comic books i reference um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy like i have all these other pop culture things that are referenced in in the story as well so it's really cool it's like kind of a um a throw out to other creators and other genres that I think, you know, my readers also enjoy. So it's like, if you catch those innuendo, good for you. Right. Like that, the horse there. with the, the Wonder <laughs> Woman reference on the horse. So. Oh, you got that. Yeah. Prince. <laughs> Everybody's like, Prince, Prince. And I'm like, yep, Prince is a girl. Her name is Diana Prince. Which you'll find out in the comic. And it's because she has the star on her forehead. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. So we throw references like that out there all sorts of other stuff. So and, they're fun and, to see. They're fun to, yeah. And I don't know. So I, I'm aging myself here, but I remember there was when the Blair rich, when the Blair witch project came out in 96 and they had a big buildup of having multiple mediums and genres where it really made it feel as though like the Blair witch project was an actual, was an actual documentary. And that's reminded me of the fact that you yes. are working on some multimedia support for, mm. for path of the pill writer as well. So do you want to talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. 
So the main story obviously follows Jude St. Clair through the apocalypse in the comic book. But again, I spent all this time world building and there's a lot of things that are happening in this world that may not be happening right where Jude is. So of course you're not gonna see it in the comic book because Jude isn't there. So I figured we could explore some of these other things of you know going on in this world with other mediums. So um, we have a short film, the bottom you can see the front of episode one's short film. I like it. All right, so this, so this is actually a commercial for the undead retirement community called Pine Fox that's in this world. So when you watch this, you'll see what looks like just a regular hokey commercial, but then things start to like fritz out and like there's some static and then it, it like eventually it, it breaks through to this riot scene where these um, undead and like undead sympathizers are rioting against basically the man. Um, and they, they have these patches, they're chanting, they're saying, um, dead outside, still human inside. And then like violence erupts and like, but it's like interspliced with the, the green images and white picket fences and the pool and the spa, you know what I mean? So it's just a good juxtaposition of images that kind of show you like how the world, we want you to see it versus what's actually going on in this world, oh. you know? Wait, pick a fences. Everything is cool. Come live out your undead life, blah, blah. And it's like, nope, we're all shooting each other and lighting things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just one of the ways. And being from production, like, I really want to have fun with these. And I'm going to open them up and make them interactive, starting with episode two. Mm. So, readers, you can participate in the next short film. Um, you know, after we get moving, we get all um, organized with episode one, I'm going to put the topic out there and people will have a, a plenty of time. I'm only looking for like 30 seconds worth of, of film time. Um, and episode two, we're doing conspiracy theories. So I'm looking for like that crazy person that's on the news that that's like, don't you know, uh, it dropped around the cow, you know, like they're out there. That's what I'm looking for, like the craziness, but I want to know, like, what crazy conspiracy theories people have about why the dead no longer die. So, and then I'm going to put them all together. We're going to have a short film that's going to go up with the Kickstarter for episode two. So something fun um, for people to participate, but then you still get to see more of what's going on in the world, you know, outside of Jude's lens. So that's the one, that's one part. This, this is actually the back cover to episode one, and it's a riddle. So Ooh. this is the third part. So we have the comic, we have the short films, and this is a riddle. So if you solve this riddle, it'll actually take you to place. Um, this one is actually not too bad to solve. If you solve it, um, you will solve it. Let's just put it that way. Episode two, I plan on kicking it up a notch and they start to get harder from there. So I have plans for like Morse code, um, some ciphers, maybe some invisible ink. There's all sorts of different ideas that I have um, that will lead to additional content just for the people that solve the riddles. So it might take you to a website, a YouTube channel. Uh, it might list a phone number that you call and it's like everything will be Path of the Pale Rider, but you can interact with it in this world, which is kind of cool. Cool. 
and, and yeah. so what what were some of so as you said you have you have riddles you have easter eggs in here so is this is this part of is this is this always been part of your your ideas to have a community around this and kind of like an interactive community around around the world you've created absolutely um those that's what i love that's what um I really enjoy is a story that I can interact with. For example, the uh, Moon Knight on Disney Plus, it has QR codes uh, in episode one and in episode two. So if you scan those QR codes from the episode, it actually takes you to night from 1974. Um, right. Stuff like that. I just, it, it, it just, it's interactive. It makes you think. Um, you know, and it's just like, there's so much more to this world than just what's going on to Jude St. Clair. So let's explore it. Let's, let's have fun. Right. Let's see what else is going on, you know? Um, yeah. So you meant, you meant, you mentioned too, as well as like the, the, the aspect of when somebody dies, they're not really dead. It's as you say that the, the death process is broken. Um, yeah. Now, when you created this, was this like... Were you creating allegories of, you know, issues of prejudice or classism or was there, um, what were, what was the, what seems to be the, 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 the biggest interpretation that you've been hearing from people about what they, uh, what, what they think the message is behind your, your story here? Um, I don't give anybody answers, right. um, to, you know, it, in fact, I'm more asked the questions like, what would you do in this situation? Uh, would you would you support the undead? Would you uh, want them to live separate? Would you support you know them keeping their rights? Would you want them taken away? Would you want them to have equal but separate? You know what I mean? And it does bring up a lot of past prejudices and past ugliness mm. that humans have done to each other. That's one thing that I really do is get this giant spotlight out and show how ugly we can be. Um, yeah, it's just it's like some of the stuff that's going on in this world is going on in, in this world. And it's how humans would react, um, in my opinion, to if the dead no longer died. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see like, um, classism, racism, you know, yeah, it's it's there's definitely that possibility to see it that way. But again, I don't I don't give any answers. You just have to read it. And it's just a big gray mess. And you have to figure out where you fit in. So. Cool. So let's let yeah. let's jump in, Lauren. Let's look at your uh, your pledge level. So people that are listening or watching this and will have is um, that. You know, if the, if you're listening or watching this before the 15th of April, then you have a chance to, as Lori says, plug yourself in and get ready to hit notify on launch on this, and and then be able to be able to be there to get some of these early bird specials. Uh, but so you have so looking at it, you kind of so how did just this is your first Kickstarter, correct? Yes, it is. Now we've backed multiple pro um, projects, right. my husband and I over the years, we've been on Kickstarter for years have lots of stuff. But this is the first time I'm running a campaign. And let me tell you, it's way different than what you would think. <laughs> for <laughs> so, anybody that's run a Kickstarter, you know what I mean. <laughs> so 
how did you how much have have you uh changed your pledge levels or how much have you uh kind of tweaked it as you've been going along um here and there um so i i did a lot of research beforehand based off of like other successful kickstarters um were they first edition comic books how many pages were they were they black and white or were they color um all, all sorts of things like and i just um, I pulled numbers and I crunched numbers and this is where we kind of fell. And then um, when when we had an idea of what our budget needed to be and all the ins and outs, um, I ran a beta group. So they got to go see this page right here, what everybody is seeing. Um, they got to kind of peek in here first and like view all the different levels, look at the story. Like, and I got a lot of really good feedback, um, you know, for people that actually know you know, the three different parts and how the story works. Um, they were like, you know, you need to give us more information, you know, what's going to happen after, you know, the, um, the first episode, how many episodes are there? It's like, what are we going to do with shipping? Mm. Um, tell us more about the story. It's like, I had someone that was like, you know, your art's really good. But when I read your description of this story, it sounded like another walking dead. I didn't understand what the difference was until we talked about it. Right. And then I was like, I need to go back and rewrite that because if people don't understand why we're different, it's not descriptive enough. So then I went and just redid it. Um, so the levels themselves haven't changed too much. Um, I added a few, like I added a variant cover. I added that singularity. I just added last week because I found a really cool reward, but it's super expensive. So I can only add one, <laughs> but add-ons are great. Like I have all these $15 levels where you can get a physical copy one physical copy mm -hmm. and then if you want two physical copies they're both the same cover and then if you want all four it jumps up to 75 and then 100. Right. Uh, but if you want two copies but are different covers that's what the add-ons are for so like you would pick everett's cover the the smoking gun and then if you wanted marco's cover as well it's like you would just add on you could add on right. any any physical copy you want so you can get two um, just different covers. So it's like we made it pretty customizable. Um, the early bird gets the sticker is one of the early bird ones. So uh, we're going to be doing a different collectible sticker with every episode. Um, so there's only 50 of those. So you got to hop on early to get those. Also the uh, riot patch, the riot patches. I only have 50 of those. And those are actually the riot patches that we used in the riot scene from the short film. Oh, cool. All right. So, so yeah. um, limited number on those. Okay. So you have on here, you have your, as you said, you got, you, you, you got set up, you have your variant cover pledges, which are $15. Yeah. And, and those come with, uh, and that, yeah, as you said, those are, and that's a, that's a really good deal. Cause I love the fact that you're added in your PDFs as well. So the PDFs are part of it as well. The PDF copies. And then what's the, yeah, uh, and like so then the still and... human inside is that's where you said you get the riot patch. That's the patch. Yeah. And with the physical, yeah, but there's I only got 50, so yeah, mm -hmm. 50 of those. Um, and what's the 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 Nat special? <laughs> Nat's a friend of mine, and uh, when I was talking about doing the Kickstarter, and he's a collector, as many comic book fanatics are. Um, so the Nat special is you get a, a, a copy that is signed by myself that's you know obviously they're all going to be bagged and boarded no problem but like one that you can leave in the package as a collector's item and then you get an additional copy that you can take out and smell it and read it and put your fingerprints on it right. you know what i mean yeah. so if you're a collector like most of us comic book geeks are um there's one that you can just put aside and just leave it and then 
someday it'll be worth some money. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then the double trouble is you get signed by both me and Marco. Okay. All right. All right. And then what's the T Rex one? That looks pretty fun. I mean, and that's you get that you get a T-shirt and a keychain. <laughs> he added a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you get you get some more merch. Like obviously, the further down you start getting, like the double copies, the signed copies, and then we start adding more and more merch. Um, that's the fifty dollars, seventy-five dollar. So now, now I got to ask you. I don't know if this is giving away giving away any future storylines. But with this thing, does this affect everything that already died? Or this is only things that affect things that are that died since this thing happened? And you'll see that with Jude. Like things were fine one day and then the death process broke. And then everything after that is okay. no longer right. functioning correctly. Yeah. All right. So, so there are no dinosaurs. Come back up out of yet. the ground. Okay. So ah, no that'd dinosaurs. be awesome. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. The trilobites and the dinosaurs, they stay dead. Oh, <laughs> you just wanted to. Ride a dinosaur into the into the sunset. I get yeah, you. That would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have know, what's oh the variant vol volumes of doom. What so wow, this doom. is this is the good this is the big one here. This is where you get what all the variants, physical editions of all the variants, plus a keychain and plus a t-shirt. Yeah, and the Marco's cover is signed by both Marco and myself. Wow. So that one's that a pretty good that. one. The next one's a little better. Really? So this comes with the same things, but plus the riot patch? No. Uh, yeah, you get the riot patch. Um, I don't know how many people are going to do this $100 level. That'd be cool. Um, if I have to order more riot patches, I will. No big deal. The thing is, is that Marco will draw your likeness into future episodes with this one. But we will probably squish you immediately. And then you have so, the other I mean, wholesale... it's like There's a million and one ways to die in the West, right? Right. Yeah. There's a wholesale. And, yeah. If anybody wants to put it in their comic store, and I okay. just added this one. The singularity. Talk to us about the singularity. Singularity. Ah, looks like I didn't finish putting it together. I just put it on there. Um, singularity. You get all of the merch. You get all of the variant covers, the signed cover with me and Marco. Plus I'm going to order a one limited edition, um, a Funko pop of Jude St. Clair. Wow. Only one. This is, one and done, $500 level. Yeah. Wow. So if you're the ultimate collector, this is for you because nobody else will have this, just you. Wow. Plus, we'll still draw you into the comic because that would only be fair. Right. So would you then – was? So I'm, I guess my question is, is like, just, I, I don't know if you thought this far ahead, but then when you do your next Kickstarter for episode two, would you then have the singularity and have another, just one Funko pop and then have, see if the person that collected the Probably. first one tries to get in first. So. Maybe that would be cool. <laughs> and of course we're going to change the character. It is every time. So the singularity, it's like this time it'll be Jude. Next time it'll be someone completely different. Right. Like so, the dead bear, like a dead bear Funko yeah. pop. Maybe you should have that. Yeah. I have a I have a lot more interesting characters to introduce. Um, Big James is fabulous. There's so many dangerous characters in this world. You got to meet all of them. It's like, but he's he's just a force of nature. I mean, like, there's no getting away from that. There's no, I mean, bears bears an apex predator. It's like they they can run fast, they can swim, they can climb, and you can't kill it. It's already right. dead. Yeah. How do you get away from that? 
So is this, is this, does this take place in our world or does this take place in a world parallel to ours? This is our world. Um, the death process breaks and then it's 10 years into that. Okay. So it's based off of our history. Yes. Jude's from Michigan. <laughs> Just like I am. <laughs> if you read some of the places that he talks about, they're in Michigan. <laughs> right. Okay. Funny. And how important was it when when uh, and I, you mentioned too before about how you you met you met Marco through that that was it a, was it a Facebook group that's like connecting comic comic artists to writers. Yeah, that's where we met. Right, and did you? How important? I guess my question was too is they because it that you said listen it, it's important to have the physicalities, the backgrounds, all the stuff look recognizable. Cause as you said, putting in Easter eggs and some things in there were, were important to the interaction the reader would have with the material. Uh, was that yeah. part of the process as you were writing things down to, as he was sketching things out that you would report back to say, Hey, actually, can you put this piece in the background or things like that? Yeah. Um, that's part of our initial conversation for an episode. So like this one, well, the first thing we did was read the script together. And it's me mm. basically reading the script and him listening and taking notes. And I will point out every single important thing that needs to be seen for the episode to make sense. You know what I mean? To make sure right. that we're setting up um, future payoffs, stuff like that. Um, because obviously I'm building so many things into this world. It's like, there's things happening in the background that you as a reader are not even realizing until you get into more episodes. You're like, this is why he did that. Or now this makes sense. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of times he already is taking notes and he'll put it in from step one. Hmm. If, you know, if he gets to the pencil level, the pencil rendering, and I'm like, oh, hey, don't forget to add that star on Prince's head. Hmm. I'll catch it. You know what I mean? something like that. That's just so minor. But most of the time he he's taking good notes and he'll get it in there right from the beginning because um, I'm very descriptive and I'm very, um, I don't know, I give lots, I give accurate instructions of how the um, visuals need to happen. But outside plot points, he's able to interpret the world as he pleases. He has artistic freedom, but you know, all the paneling and all the, the page setup is him. The perspective is him, the character design, you know, like I give a good description, but he, he creates the characters. Um, he really has a lot of artistic freedom, which is what I like and what he likes. So that works for us. Right. Yeah. You got to solve that riddle, Barney. So do you have on, do you have on there as well? I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious as well, is that, are you, you, you mentioned before that you have a lot of different aspects of the world that you're curious about to do is there anything within that world building process that would you hypothetically say hey if anybody wants to write a story about this part of the world here's some ideas how how much are you how much are you connected to making sure that only you want to be the narrator of the world you've built you know, it's funny because um, I already had someone ask me, someone who has read the script, can I write fan fiction? And I was like, 
I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think right now I'm playing it real close to the chest because I have so many twists and so many um, things that are going to happen that will reveal the why behind everything. But once like after after it's out there and people want to like tackle tackle something, I would say all for it. You know, fan fiction. Great. If you want to, you know, whatever. It's like, um, what do they say? Imitation is the best form of flattery. If you want to create something within Path of the Pale Rider world, contact me. That would be great. We can have some some offshoots, you know, something like that. But um, I think right now, I think people need to read the story to really understand how it works, how dangerous it is. Um, you know, it's like when you start getting into the later episodes, uh, we get nitty gritty. Um, episode eight will blow your mind. And then after that, you start to to find out the why behind mm. it. Um, nine through 13, it's like things all start to fall into place. Right. And then at 13, we blow it all open again. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, the door is wide open again because now it's like, oh, oh no, oh, look what happened, you know? So it's like, I always end on a big twist. And then um, season two is absolutely crazy. Um, because of what happened at the end of season one. And it's like, and then I start giving you more and more and more information. It's like, you think you know everything by the end of season one? You don't. So would you be, so, so big. In, in, in this perspective, how often, you know, once this Kickstarter, uh, once this Kickstarter succeeds, when is the next, are you predicting to put out two a year, three a year? Because if you're ever having an idea of having 13 in just season one, it's like how quickly yeah. are your readers going to be able to get all 13, 13 uh, issues in their hands? I would say let us um, let us get through a couple Kickstarters first just to make sure that we get the process down. Uh, because right. obviously the more that Marco and I work together, we're going to streamline processes uh, we're going to get better at things, you know, I'll get better at running a Kickstarter campaign, we'll get better at doing interviews, we'll get better, we'll get better, we'll get better, right? So, you know, the goal is to have at least, you know, two or three out a year. If we can do faster than that, that's great. Um, Marco is a full-time artist, so this is his full-time job. Um, and as long as Path of the Pale Rider is paying his bills, he'll keep working on it, you know? It's like if he has to pick up other projects, because we're taking too long, then he has to fill in the gaps with other things and work on other things that we might have to wait for him. So right. my goal is to have my project be his primary project. Um, so that way we can get readers episodes, you know, as as frequently as possible. Multiple mm -hmm. a year, obviously, because it, uh, Marco is quick. So it won't take him a whole year to turn out an episode. It's only 24 pages. He can do that. Right. Um, that's it. That's my complete thought. <laughs> I was going to say something else, and I was forget it. <laughs> so, if somebody wants to follow this, is there is there a good website or is there a good a link that people can uh, uh, click on? Is there if they, people want to follow follow your follow your work and follow Path of the Pale Rider more? What would be a good place for people to go to? Facebook. We have a Facebook group called just Path of the Pale Rider. You just go to the search button, the little magnifying glass at the top and search groups, Path of the Pale Rider, we pop up with that angel skeleton picture. That's kind of our homepage logo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We're on Instagram, this one. Yep, this is our kind of our photo you'll see everywhere. 
Um, that's our webpage. Um, Instagram, our handle is at path of the pale rider, but there's an underscore in between all of the, um, hold on, I was going to say, isn't there a page that has all of our links right there? You can bring it up. I think it's right down here. I, I think believe, if you scroll right? towards the bottom. Oh, that's the Kickstarter. Oh, it's on there too. So it's at path underscore of underscore the underscore pale underscore rider. It's kind of annoying, but that's how mm -hmm. they roll. Um, that's the same for our TikTok. It's at path of the pale rider with underscores under everything. We have a Twitter that's at path pale rider altogether, no underscores. Um, our website is www.pathofthepalerider.com. Um, so we're, we're just about everywhere. Um, the Facebook group is kind of the baby and gets everything first. So mm. if you want to have like more conversations about the world, um, I've been on there and talked about the world building and the mechanics and like how things happen. Um, they're the ones that are going to get the details about the short films and stuff like that. That's where all the discussions happen. That's where all the links get posted first. The Instagram is kind of second. Um, and then I suck at the web page, but everything is there, but it's not flowery just because I hate web pages. I'm not a web designer. I'm a writer. <laughs> so I have a, I have a blog on there that nobody reads. It's hilarious. I can just dump my thoughts in there. <laughs> See if anybody reads it now. Um, I've had, uh, yeah. Yep. Here it is. Path of the Pill Rider. Yeah. Yeah. And like when we have updates and like I'll, I'll show um, sneak peeks of thing of things like when Marco has is working on stuff and he shares a sneak. Um, I'll share a sneak. Um, I've done I do games on here like we've done trivia like I did this one contest. I was like, OK, who can tell me what path of the pale rider means? You know, I'll, I'll send you something special, you know, in a direct message. So, hey, look, it's you. Um, That's me. <laughs> yeah. And that zombie is me. That's funny. Yeah, I will just share whatever on there. But that's it's a good place to be to like kind of see the dates in the news and like you can kind of see our progress all the way back to 2020, like where we started, you know, who was working on the project and like what we were talking about. All the right. interviews that I've done are in there. So it's all good stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, this, this is, actually, is great, Lori. Uh, Jose yeah. Martinez working there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we've been busy. <laughs> we've been busy. Yeah. So this is great. So you're gonna. So as we say, it's going live uh, Friday, April fifteenth. It's gonna be out for thirty yes. days. It so means the last day will be around May fifteenth, yep. the middle of May. Yeah, fourteenth so, or fifteenth, depending on what Kickstarter yeah. does. Right. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. So, uh, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to following along. It's uh, excited. And I love that the world itself. I love the fact that the world that you've built has so many, so many allegories and so many interpretations and, and it fits within sci-fi post-apocalypse Western, um, the mashup mm -hmm. without, and, and it fits well within, all the genre, those genres itself, not one seems to supersede the other, which is pretty exciting. So, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations, Lori, on, on, on getting this launch. So that's 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 exciting. So, 
Um, Thank you. I know that's a success in of itself, considering we've been working so hard just to get here. And it's like, um, right. it's definitely been a learning process. And, and I've been enjoying it. You know what I mean? It's like life is a journey and you enjoy um, every step of it. You know, it's not just about the destination. So it's right. like, uh, you know, someone was like, what is the definition of success to you? And it's like, well, if you would have asked me that two years ago, it would have been like having eight pages to put on my Kickstarter launch page, you know, and it's like, now we're there. And now it's like, okay, success is advertising to get people aware that we're having a Kickstarter. And then it's going to be like, okay, having a successful Kickstarter. And right. then it's going to be turning around the comic book in time to get it to the people. And um, yeah, I just think that um, it's really been a journey and um, we'll see where, where it leads us next. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, so listen, Laura, you have to come back on for episode for, yeah. for, for issue two, episode two. I like how you call them episodes so because cute. there's a cinematic piece to it, which is, makes it exciting. Yeah. But you, you have to come back on and, and I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to let you know. It's like, you know, if, when you're on three times, you're considered friend of the show. So we got to get at least to get you cool. on. For, for <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Or I can come in in between, like, if you want to discuss what happened in an episode, I'm all for that. Like, See, give you the you skinny yeah. about what Jude was thinking or, like, you know, because a lot of these things, a lot of the episodes end in just disaster. And it's like, okay, right. <laughs> why right. did this happen? What did Jude do to cause this? And, like, how does he move <laughs> on from this? You know, and it, it's like we kill just about everybody you can think of in the comments and right. it's, it's just it's one crisis after another and it's um i think i do a pretty good job of escalating um the danger so it's like mm -hmm. you get you get something like big james and then you get something bigger than big james and then you get something bigger than that so it's like eventually we just blow the top off the box and it's just, it gets nuts <laughs> all right well thank you so much Lori, and uh and and uh, uh looking forward to following this as it gets launched so um, hit that notify me upon launch. We have about 79 followers right now. Um, and then once we go live, let's, let's blow it out of the water. And then everything is cake after that. We could hit that color goal and we see path of the pill rider in color. And that would All right. Thank you very much, Lori. Thank you. Barney. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Here we go. All right. And so uh, I I think I told you when we were chatting, I actually had a friend with the last name Calcaterra. But do you pronounce it Calcaterra yeah. or you say Calcaterra? What do I, I just want to make sure I say? Yes. Calcaterra. Good. All right. Good. All right. You had it right. It's Calcaterra. Yep. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. All right. Good. See, I, I knew having a friend named Calcaterra is going to pay off someday. I didn't know it was going to be 20 years, but eventually it paid <laughs> off to be able to sale. <laughs> All right, here we go, Lori. All right.